Welcome back, welcome back. We got some fun stuff to talk about. We got some hockey news, some non-hockey news, and uh, oh my Babcock. We'll get to that eventually. I know well, everybody's been bombarded with this news, but we have to talk about it because holy shit. Anyway, uh, just to start things off real quick, Beaner's in a hotel again. Where is this hotel? Um, this one is at least somewhat local. Well, compared to the last one, only in Belleville now. So, oh, fun! You're old in my old stomping ground-ish neck of the woods. Yeah, home of the baby senators. Oh yeah, I forgot they moved out there a couple of years ago. Noish, noish. Go to the uh, what's out there? The Quinty Mall and the Reed's Dairy Castle. Yes, I drive by that castle all the time. I've never actually been there. Did you uh, have like a Reed's Dairy in your hometown when you were growing up? No. So for anybody we- that was not privileged enough to have a Reed's Dairy in Southern Ontario, um, it was a chain, kind of like a Canadian Dairy Queen, but without the food part. It just did like ice cream, kind of like a Baskin Robbins deal. But they had uh, tornadoes, which were like blizzards, and they had shakes and sundaes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they also had these things that were legendary if you were a kid playing soccer or baseball in the summers. It was like these pouch drinks where it was like a little bag of juice that you would establish draw into and not like a Capri Sun. It was just like like a clear pouch bag, like a bean. Imagine like one of those cornhole bags, but it's plastic and it's filled with juice and it's either fluorescent blue, red or orange and you just stab a straw into it and hope you don't get it all the way through the bag or else you're fucked. But... <laughs> I thought you were going to just, when you were talking about the bean bag thing, I thought you were gonna, just going to stop at the bean. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you said it, so it got me thinking. There was this ice cream place in Paris um, where I went to high school, and I used to stop there, and I used to get the absolute best milkshake ever because they would mix whatever flavor of ice cream you want in it. Take a wild guess if you can figure out what type of, of ice cream milkshake I got. Strawberry ice cream with peanut butter? No, although that sounds delicious. Key lime. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Oh, I'm losing you for a sec there. What'd you like get? A, a key lime milkshake is actually amazing. Key, key lime. lime. Interesting. Huh. There's something about citrus and dairy that in my mind, I just go, those don't go together. That shouldn't work, but it's like um, I just saw a video on how to make like a Brazilian lemonade and it was condensed milk with lime blended up with ice. So it's pretty much that. So and that looked good to me. So it's kind of if that's good, then this is good. That sounds um, good. Anyway, the thing with Reed's Dairy. Yeah, just right. The thing with Reed's Dairy, uh, the reason there's only the one castle now is um, fun story. Uh, I might be paraphrasing this and apologies. I'm not trying to defame the the company in any way from what i understand it was split between like one brother owns the franchises around ontario and the other one owned like the the main factory slash like castle thing where they you know the head office per se and uh, the guy who was running all the stores like fucked off one day and went bankrupt and closed all them and uh, now the only thing left is the main office factory thing they have a petting zoo and like a boat racing pond where you can like play with remote control boats uh it was a strange place we used to stop there when we'd go back to school shopping at the quinty mall <laughs> there's also a mini golf in the parking lot of the quinty mall there's so many fun things to do in belleville bean <laughs> yeah i guess i'll take your word for it uh so some weird major sports news i mean it's not hockey related but the two of the biggest athletes in their sports both going down with injuries uh, in a very short period of time so the first one shohei otani going down after a very strange year for those who don't follow baseball basically he is babe ruth he is like michael jordan he is Connor mcdavid gretzky like whatever he is like the best person to play the sport in a very long time if not ever and um, his team sucks, and they decided to not trade him in the last year of his contract at the trade deadline and go for a wild card spot, which they did not make. Now he's hurt. So insult to injury, I guess, to put it bluntly. 
injury to insult. Yeah, injury to insult is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like it's it, it's really too bad because for the fans of the team, the diehard fans of the team, you'd want to at least be able to enjoy the last handful of games you have with them because I there's like a snowball's chance in hell he'd resign there. I think it's like Angels in the outfield too, but it's just Shohei Otani telling everybody to run. Like, don't don't do this. It's not worth it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate that somebody's talents are being uh, I don't want to say used for the wrong reasons, because, I mean, it's the whole point of the game is like to showcase talent. But it feels like a bad team is holding on to one player as their only way of selling tickets. But it's just it's not enough. And it's a shame that him and Trout seem like they're stuck there, like the team's unwilling to trade them. Uh, Well. At least Otani has a way out this year. Like, he's a free agent this summer, is he not? Yeah, he is now. And I don't know about Mike Trout, but, it's, man, Otani's contract might be one of the biggest ever signed in, uh, I mean, I would say outside of soccer and outside <laughs> of Saudi sports. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not Mbappe. Right? That's an insane contract. Uh, but we got to be talking, like, it's going to be a $500 million contract for Otani. At- has to be. Where do you think he ends up? Oh, God. Part of me almost says the Red Sox try to get him. I don't know why. I know very little about baseball. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that always will spend the money, right? Like, they're not going to be afraid to to throw the dollars around. Like them and the Yankees and whoever else. Uh, maybe the Texas Rangers. But it's going to be one of those, like, big teams that's going to just say, fuck it. Because there's... As far as I understand, there's no salary cap in the MLB, right? Like, there's just a – is there a luxury cap? Like, uh, Part of me wants to say there's some form of luxury tax MLB or cap. salary cap. I apologize um, for any hardcore baseball fans. In order to ensure every team has an equal chance of building a successful team to be able to understand amount of money. Right now, the MLB, there is no salary cap. This provides an unfair advantage for big market teams such as the Yankees, the Red Sox. Yeah, okay. So one of those teams is going to get him because really it's going to be the entire payroll or more than the entire payroll of, you know, the last 10 teams in the league. So it's crazy. Yeah. Hopefully so the injuries for one of the big cities. Yeah. Hopefully the injury is nothing too serious. Um, Hey, you never know. Maybe him going somewhere big. They got to clear up space. The Jays get to pick up some loose change somewhere. You know, could work out in their favor. No. The the worst thing is that he's probably going to come to the East. And that's going to be hell for the Jays. Actually, yeah. no. He, But that's the thing that he can't hit if he's in the East. Or he would only have to pitch or hit. Because they. that's the thing in baseball. Is in the the um, National League, the pitchers have to hit. Which is why he's, you know, what he is. But in the AL East, in the American League, they don't have to. So he might stay in. That's actually a really interesting point. What do you do with a guy who's that good of a pitcher and a hitter if you're an Eastern team? Well, I guess you would have him in your roster. Maybe as your DH when he's not pitching. Somebody who knows baseball, can you switch him game to game? Like, depending on the per- the team you're against, could you have him pitch for the whole game and then have him hit for a whole game, like, in the same, you know, season? I can't see why you couldn't. Like, you would have to adjust your lineups regardless, right? Whether you have injuries or someone's playing poorly or anything like that. Seems kind of like it's unprecedented. Like, they would ne- a team would never go out of their way to try to make their pitcher hit in the East. Oh, my God. Crazy. So the one that I want to use as a segue here, um, Aaron Rodgers signing for 38 times three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it works out to like just uh, three times 100. It might be 110 million or 115 he's getting. Anyway, dude played three minutes and 45 seconds. Four snaps with his new team. Four plays for what? Guaranteed. I think it was 74 guaranteed or something like that. Oh my! Oh wait. So does he not get the money then? Like, is well, I think if he, I think the way those contracts work is if you retire or get hurt or don't play, there's if you have a certain amount that's guaranteed, you get that regardless. So he's guaranteed at least. Well, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. It's not like he'd sign a contract where if he gets hurt, he's not getting paid. He's in a position where he, you're paying him no matter what. 
oh my god, that sucks. <laughs> like, um, Aaron Rodgers' contract gave him seventy-five million dollars, fully guaranteed. Okay, so it's not all of it, but that's so, a so decent even, chunk. Even with the season-ending injury, nothing changed with Rodgers' contract for this season and next. So I think I worked out he made like just over $10 million a minute. That's insane. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I get it. He's Aaron Rodgers, but that's uh, that sucks, man. It's a that's a shitty way to start a really short season. It is. It definitely is like comparable to to the Clarkson sign. Well, he didn't get hurt, but Clarkson signing for the Leafs. Big contract, all the pressure in the offseason, gets suspended before the season even starts. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the difference with baseball and with hockey is that you've got a huge runway to rehabilitate players within the season, bring people back before the playoffs like Tampa. Um, you know, there, there's different <laughs> things you can do, but man, with football, it's like he's he's done for the season now. And with his age, I don't know how that, uh, what's it, the Achilles? I don't know how it's going to hold yeah, up, man. Achilles. He, he yeah, just, says he says he's coming back. It only took down a Greek god, whatever. So lo- local radio station was talking about it because they have a sports segment every morning. And they actually had like a sports sp- phys- physician or specialist or whatever for injuries who has actually had that injury, ruptured his Achilles. And he said he did it while he was playing tennis or something inside a gymnasium. And the sound it makes is like the sound of a dodgeball hitting a wall. I was going to say, it's probably like an elastic band snapping. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. That's horrifying. Like, have you seen the clip of what happened? I've seen little bits of it. I'm a Packers fan in the NFL, so I don't care what happens to Rodgers, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like he, he gets it like in the shin and it bends like the back of his, like it definitely hyperextends his Achilles and Oh God, that's so brutal. Uh, the reason I, I think- bring this up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think it was hostile, a horror movie from a long time ago where someone gets their Achilles cut and you see it and it just, it's always made me kind of bleh when it comes to Achilles mm-hmm. stuff. Hostile and Hostile Part 2 are some of the most like gory for the sake of being gory movies I've ever seen in my life. Like it's, it is like, like gore porn. Like it's just, it's not horror. It's just look at the blood we can do. It's literally how much can we fit into this movie good old eli roth yeah if you've ever seen um hemlock grove it was kind of like the same it was a lot of like let's tell a story this time but anytime we're going to show something it's going to be as graphic and gross and over the top as i can make it (laughs) he's such a weird one okay so the reason i bring up um aaron Rodgers specifically is um not that he's announced he's retiring because he's announced he's coming back. But obviously it's a question. And uh, we've seen a couple guys retire this year because of injuries and um, and just, you know, long careers of sustaining small ones like Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. So I want to go through the list of people you might have missed retired and missed signed a PTO on the other side of that. So without further ado, as it is 15 minutes of the episode, let's officially start the show. Okay, so the first one that I want to talk about, because this one really surprised me, Jonathan Bernier at 35 years old was calling it quits. Um, Congrats. I mean, he's had quite the career, but I just I can't help but think, was it time? Did he? I think he had a couple more years in him. No, was he really falling off? Yeah, he was like 35. That's getting to the point where if you're not a a stud star number one, then you've either got to commit to being the veteran backup for the rest of your career, like someone like Elliot did, right? Like Brian Elliot was great at that. Curtis McElhaney was another one. That's that kind of just keep signing with teams, one, two-year contract, be a good, reasonable backup. But like Bernier was drafted with so much promise, and he had a couple chances with a couple couple different teams, 
to be the number one and just he couldn't couldn't grasp it and hold on to it. So he he probably had enough. Did he play last season? He didn't. Um, I was going to say, I don't think he did. Technically, I think he was property of the devils, but is he hurt? Am I saying all of this when Jonathan Bernier is hurt and hasn't played in over a year? <laughs> Am I actually that fucking stupid? I feel like an well, that's idiot. What, well, that's okay. I'm After looking through missing the, list the majority of, of the 2021-22 season and the entire 2023 season due to injury. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's hurt. <laughs> I was looking at these numbers saying like, oh, he's not even that bad. You like, oh, wait, he only played 10 games. Oh, wait, this was two years ago. <laughs> Fuck okay poor guy so fits it fits my uh my original story of unfortunately due to injuries jonathan has retired sorry dude if i had to look at names of players that would surprise me like andrew ladd would surprise me only because of the fact that i completely forgot he was still playing andrew ladd surprised me too like is there um, something i'm missing there jonas donskoy to me, that feels like a strange one, but I think he's been having concussion issues, so I get it. Uh, Andrew Ladd also, I don't think, played last year. He was bouncing around with the Coyotes, I think. Um, failed his yeah, he didn't play last year. Failed a physical due to a knee issue. Would spend the last year of his contract on IR. So. I totally like in all the chaos of this season missed that some of these guys were not even playing. Michael Del Zotto, I'm Carl Haglin, Thomas Grice, Patrick Hornquist, Darren Helm. Darren Helm's been around forever. He but, has. Um, Derek Stepan. Man, a lot of names that just feel like they were mainstays you know they're just always around whether they're with a they different fe- team or whatever they're just you, you always see them around you know they feel like they're not old enough to retire yeah especially when you see guys like Del Zotto's only 33 and I mean yeah he spends most of his time in the AHL yeah he played all last season in the AHL so I get it but like I don't know it's it's crazy when you see guys playing into their 40s especially goalies too um, and then seeing some of these guys call it quits so early, but you know, everybody uh, has different experiences. Everybody gets hurt different ways. And, you know, once you make your money, if you invest it right, why spend the uh, late half of your thirties working when you don't have to, if you can literally retire at 35, yeah. I mean, I get it. Your job is playing a game. You might enjoy playing said game, but it's also traveling around North America and that's a pain in the ass if you have a family. So, you know, to each their own. Also, I've been so disconnected this summer. Like some of the free agent signings, I completely forgot that Jonathan Quick is now a New York Ranger. Right. We're going to be playing. Oh, shit. Right. He's with that team for our entire fantasy draft. It's going to be so annoying. We're going to have to do like J- a recap. JVR is a Bruin. Oh, my God. He is, too. He's probably <laughs> in the first line. Rhymer is a Red Wing. Whoa, that is weird, <laughs> right? Some of them, it's just it 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 does not. Compute. I mean, really, John Klingberg, Max Domi, and Ryan Reeves are Leafs. That doesn't make any sense either. This is true. Uh, the ones that really shocked me here. So PTOs. This is from last year. I'm an idiot. Here, <laughs> 2023. Well, no, it's it's funny because so the first here's why I didn't realize that it was from last year is because Zach Aston Reese and Derek Broussard are two of the top names on it, and they also signed them last year. <laughs> okay, so Zach Aston Reese signs a PTO with the Carolina Hurricanes. This guy uh, will probably make his way onto the team like he did with the Leafs. It's going to depend on, you know, tryouts. Obviously, it's a tryout, but it's going to depend on injuries and stuff. But he seems to be a guy that's capable of playing in the NHL. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. He's a good fourth-line guy. Yeah, I see him finding a spot as long as there's a spot for him. I 
Yeah. Like he, he's one of those guys who, when he's on your team, you love him because he does bring stuff, but he just, he always leaves you wanting more. Oh yeah. He's definitely like a fourth line, just kill some time and, you know, not do anything stupid, but. Holy F yeah. Peter Holland is still kicking around. He came back. Signed a PTO with Colorado. Yeah, he came back. I heard about this. So he hasn't played since. Well, he's been over playing in Europe, I think. Yeah, he hasn't played in the NHL, sorry, since 17-18. He was with the Rangers for 23 games. So he was in the AHL for two seasons, then he went to the K and then Sweden. And now he's coming back. So, uh, yeah. Interesting one there. Also, Josh Bailey signing a PTO with the Sens. Um, this is one of those people that for a long time was on one of those classic Lou Lamorello five-ish million dollar deals that, uh, like I talk about, there's no room for anymore. So this is somebody that is definitely a capable NHL player who just finds themselves without uh, a dance partner. So what do you think about Josh Bailey with the Sens? I mean, this is a team that, again... <clears throat> could potentially be tearing some contracts up. So it's nice to have somebody like that sitting on the bench waiting for some money. I honestly Same. can see him making the team. Like he's, even if he signs, he's not going to be anything crazy money-wise. Which is that honestly wild like, to me. Yeah, his type of presence in the dressing room, I think, could help them. Like Josh Bailey uh, is a half a point a game player. And the last couple seasons, I mean, he's he's dropped off, I'd say, the last mm, last year wasn't great for him. But, I mean, the guy's reached 50 points, 1, 2, 70 points once. Uh, so three times he's crossed the 50-point mark. He's crossed 40 a bunch of times. Like, I mean, he's not a plug. Like, the guy's definitely a capable, I'd say, second to third line player on most teams. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Good right winger, probably third line on uh, on Ottawa with all their young talent. It's a it's a good. He's thirty three years old. That's a, a good veteran presence to have on a team that's got a lot of young guys and somebody that's not like you know forty. They're still able to uh, to hold their own. Well, not only that, but he's not like he wouldn't. I, I don't think he would be an intimidating presence in the locker room. It's not no. like you're bringing in. I don't even know, insert random veteran that everybody knows here. Like, right. Like you're not mm-hmm. bringing in Lucic or, or yeah, someone who, who's been around and, and people might be intimidated by it. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I know Bailey, I've seen him play. He's been a great player in the league, but he, he's been a player. He's just dude. He hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that actually might work for them. Or how about Brandon Sutter on a PTO with Edmonton? Oh, wow. I missed that. That's all the way. It's not even on my list here. He's been dealing with long COVID. Like oh yeah, badly. there he is, second from the bottom. Oh, so that's that's, uh, that's tough. Like that's one I kind of hope would work. There's been a Sutter in the NHL forever, so <laughs> there should just continue to be one. Um, or you have Austin Watson on a. PTO with Tampa. I feel like that's just a lock. Aaron Dell yep. with Columbus. That's funny. Aaron Dell's always kicking. This is what I mean. Like, I obviously Bernier was hurt, but I felt like he was going to be one of those guys that would just hop around forever. Uh, Nick yeah. Shore with Carolina. What else we got? Jordy Benz with Dallas. Going to play with his bro. That's fun. Kiefer Bellows for Carolina as well. Like, that's a kid who had a lot of promise. And he just, he hasn't put it together. Yeah. Zach Cassian with Anaheim. I was just looking at that. Danton Heinen with the Bruins. It's only 28. He's bounced around a lot. And uh, the Leafs signing Noah Gregor, 25-year-old. Do, uh, do we know anything about him? Um, Not a ton. I think that would be one of those, because I don't think he would qualify as a veteran if they sent him down to the Marlies. So I think that might be one of those. Come to camp. We'll see how you do. If we don't have a spot for you on the Leafs, then play for the Marlies type thing. Colin White and Maxime Comtois are both on PTOs. 
Is that not crazy? It is, especially with Comtois. Like, White's not as crazy because of, like, Ottawa just bought him out, right? I know. I just mean, like, in terms of he was, what, a 15th overall pick, I think? Something like that, I think, yeah. And he's still 26. Comtois only 24. Oh, my God. Just, it's crazy to see guys that are so young. I mean, yeah, Comtois not had a great, what is, career highs, 33 points. In 55 games, that's not bad for how young he is, I guess. But it's also on a shit Anaheim team, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'd like to see some of these guys get jobs. But I think, really, with the, the amount of talent that you're seeing on this list and the amount, I think I counted 39 players on PTOs, uh, really what that speaks to is the amount of money available. Like, it's not as much the jobs aren't there on these teams it's like the, the teams don't have the money to pay these guys because obviously like i said somebody like josh bailey is not going to sign league men on day one of free agency but once everybody starts getting claimed and all that cap space starts getting eaten up there's nothing really left over for some of these you know third line guys like they're they're not ahlers there's just there's no space for them i mean obviously some of them are but you know, these are guys There's, that could be developed properly if there was, you know, the the money to keep them around while other players are still there. Like it just it hurts the league as a whole. It hurts jobs for players. Like it's just a pain in the ass. There's 32 teams in the NHL, right? Yeah. Guess how many have more than two million in cap space? More than two million? Uh, five. Hmm. Eight. Eight. Okay. But at that token as well, guess how many have no cap space? I mean, is that including that are over the cap? Yeah. Probably like 18. Um, I think I count 14 here. Okay. And then the Kings have $123,000 in cap space. Who has the most? Who's spending the, most, the least amount of money? Space? Yeah. Anaheim Ducks, 16.6 million. In cap space, they're spending, what's that, like 58? Uh, Their projected cap hit is 66. 66, yeah. So even at $66 million, they're really only spending like, so if if they're spending 16 million less, we'll say, than the team that's spending the most, that's really not... Like, you can't tell me that that team is making that much less. Like, do you get the point I'm trying to make here? Like, these teams make so much money that, like, the difference between $16 million in contracts a year cannot be what bankrupts the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And yes, I call them the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's a fair comparison. But if you look at the, the, the highest cap hit, technically right now it's Toronto before LTIR. And there's yeah. a $30 million difference there. Toronto's projected as 96.7 and Anaheim's is 66. Now I get what you're trying to say, but if you compare the money coming into the Leafs and the money coming into the Ducks, well, then there's going to be more than a $30 million for? difference. To line oh. Batman's pockets. Oh, Anaheim Ducks revenue was $19 million in 2020. That's, that's not a lot of money. No. What was the Leafs <laughs> revenue? $248 million. That's fucking crazy. That's a very <laughs> large... I didn't... I've I've never looked at the discrepancy between like what a team like Anaheim pulls in versus the Leafs in a year and what that would reflect. How do they spend so much in salaries? Are they losing money? Was that profit or was that... I guess it must be profit. They, yeah, but okay. So if they're, no, it can't be. What am I? Okay, Anaheim Ducks yearly revenue. Oh, here, one hundred and fifty-eight million. That makes more sense. So they're a hundred million less. So at one hundred and fifty-eight million, and the Leafs at two hundred forty-eight. Like this is what I mean. If there's a hundred million dollar difference between them, like. And we're talking in the hundreds of millions. What's the difference between like, uh, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make here is. Can you help me? (laughs) From what I can kind of piece together, I think you're trying to say that 
with the difference between what they're making and what they're spending. Why isn't there actually more parity in the league? Yeah. What are, what are we protecting and how are we coming up with this arbitrary salary cap number? If it's so much lower than what these teams are bringing in and what they're willing to spend clearly, like where you have the owner of Vegas being like, I will spend $150 million if you let me like, is that, I don't know. I just want these fucking people to have jobs and be paid properly. I don't know. Well, like <laughs> my industry's like on you, strike right now. I'm in a different mood. <laughs> <laughs> you have the salary cap floor, which is 61.7. So really at this present time, you don't even have anybody below the floor. But on well, that, well Arizona's icing a team that's under the floor, but yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but that's because of teams like Arizona, because of teams likely like Anaheim. You know, the teams that can't, if it wasn't for the profit sharing in the NHL, they wouldn't be making money at all, they'd be struggling. And why do we have a team there? I hear the new rumor is apparently um, Salt Lake City for Arizona. There's a guy there who's saying, you know, just give me a call when you're done with this shitty experiment and I'll take the team. So it's kind of like clock sticking on Arizona to get their shit together. Yeah, that's been a rumor for a while now. Um, Also, I'm seeing Atlanta. They might try again, which means we are only a few years away from Quebec City then getting a team because uh, if history repeats itself for the third time, Atlanta means Canada gets another team soon. But typically it goes to Western Canada, right? Flames, Jets, maybe Saskatoon will finally get a team. Ooh, maybe. (laughs) Regina. What would the... What would you name a team from Saskatchewan? I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't even know... I feel like a bad Canadian, but like, I don't even know what the hell to associate with Saskatchewan. Fields. (laughs) Wheat. Wheat. That's about it. Um, so I wanted to talk about the schedule, but I mean, with the amount of time we've got left here, we're probably going to talk about Babcock for a bit, and then we'll talk about the schedule if we have time. Like, or do how? you want to? Uh, yeah, I guess how, we'll do this. How? I was going to say we can do that, or we can we can start with the PWHL draft because that's kind of ongoing right now. But well, we'll well, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that before we sign off. But like, I've already I, I opened get this can, so. It's here. I get it. Everybody deserves a second chance. Sorry, not everybody. 90% of people deserve a second chance. Isn't this more than a second chance? Wasn't his second chance coaching U sports? That was his redemption arc. That's how the media was spinning it was. That was him realizing what he did wrong and trying to teach himself how to do better. And by testing it out on kids. Yeah. That's healthy. Like, good on Bizonet for, you know, sticking to his guns, calling him out, and and when people were chirping him, being like, "No, like, I stand we'll by see. my players." Yeah. yeah. Um. But like, you can't do that after all the crap he pulled in Toronto to go and do that before he's even coached a practice for his new team. Yeah, I got to say, this is the first time I've heard of a coach losing their job before they coach a game. Like, that's crazy. I've never seen something like this happen in any sport, like where they a coach gets hired and they go, mm, actually, no. Like it, you, you would th- they, they say they did their homework, like Rick Nash even went to the owners of the Blue Jackets because he's involved with the team. He was a draft pick of theirs, a legend for the Blue Jackets, played for Black. Blackhawk, Babcock at the Olympics, like went to bat for the guy, said, no, he deserves another chance. We need to get him. He'd be right for the team. Look, I, I'm not trying to diminish achievements or like what it means to coach at an Olympic level, but I feel like coaching Team Canada in hockey in that era at an Olympic level is kind of like one of the easiest professional sports coaching jobs you can have. Like, talk about a car that drives itself. Like, how much coaching did you really have to do with that team? And I mean, how pissed off is he really going to get when every single player on the team is a coach's dream? 
Like, I mean, the, the players that have seemed to have a problem with him, and this is like I'm trying. I'm going to try to not repeat things because I've tried to listen to all the other uh, major shows talk about this. But the the trend that we've seen is Babcock has a problem with young players and old veterans, like anybody that's uh, that doesn't have the power. Um, people that are struggling to get a spot in the lineup, people that he can have something over. Those are the people that he tends to clash with. And at the Olympics, there's none of those kinds of players on his Detroit Red Wings team. There's very few p- players. And the ones that there were like Johan Franzen are emotionally damaged by him. So it's, it seems that a lot of people that have good things to say about him were in positions that he seems to thrive in. And the people that have bad things to say about him are people in positions where they are fighting for a job and he's the one in control of it. At some like he gets off with that power type thing, right? That he has over those certain players. Even the well, silly little things. It, it seems to be like a coaching mindset of his where it's like, you know, if I have the good players, why would I put like if I'm gonna go down in talent, like you need to prove to me and like why should I, you know, treat you well if you're if you're not delivering like these guys are, you know, we're all capable of doing the same thing. Why don't you do? I don't know. He just seems very like black and white in his coaching style. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like some of the stuff he pulled, like with Madonna and Chelios, it was just, it was crazy. Like Madonna walked into the hall of fame, like first ballot hall of famer. And he sat him to the point that he stuck on 1,499 games played. Yeah. Like it sounds like such a silly thing, but come on. Well, and again, like the Spezza thing sounds silly too, but it's, it's like, it's decent human being things, right? Like as much as people hate on John Tortorella, you never hear about him doing things to uh, somebody in their personal life or doing things that's going to affect a player's family and like, their emotions and things like he's he's an asshole when it comes to the game he's blunt about what he wants to see on the ice but people still respect him because off the ice he's a respectable person with morals and you know emotional intelligence whereas it seems that people don't have those same good things to say about babcock because he just doesn't know how to treat people respectfully i don't i don't even know what like he, he honestly like yeah I just think it was a silly hire. The guy came with a lot of baggage. He's got a track record of treating people like shit. <laughs> I mean, Chelios came out and said he saw him verbally abuse Johan Franzen like on the bench during a game to the point where the guy had a breakdown and it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. Like that's that's not something that like a, a person with like empathy could do to somebody in especially in a public setting and in a workplace public setting because at that point like he is your boss so it's just it seems very strange that he's been given so much of a leash over the years and i mean it's been tightening and tightening to the point where something as seemingly simple as this gets blown to the point where he has to resign well okay let's touch on this specific incident now we probably won't ha- ever have the hundred percent truth and that's fine. But you have players like Jenner and Goudreau that came out and said that they didn't mind it, which could be a PR spin. It could be the actual truth. Like in that type of setting coming into it, especially as a veteran player, you've seen a lot of stuff, your coach saying, Hey, let's share some pictures, you know, to, to see what everyone was up to and get to know everybody, blah, blah, blah. Like me as a parent, sure, I'd love that. I love bragging about my son. Like I love talking about my family. So that wouldn't bother me. But to someone like Adam Fantilli, well, no. What does it matter to everybody else what he was doing? Because before he was drafted, he was a kid. Like none of that stuff should matter and doesn't need to be brought into that setting. Exactly. Like people have brought up a whole number of things across Twitter. Like I've seen people's takes and like, you don't know what people's family life is like, you know, maybe they don't have contact with one of their parents. They don't want to talk about that. uh, You know, their relationship with their family open that can of worms. Maybe they've lost somebody recently. Maybe, you know, statistically, not every single player in the NHL is straight. 
I'm just going to say it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they don't want to be outed by their coach in front of their team like that, especially because nobody's come out yet. So it, you don't want to have Babcock be the one to do it, especially because he doesn't have a great track record of, uh, you know, <clears throat> on he, he's been caught using some slurs. So I, I think there's there's just any number of reasons why, you know, of course, like you said, if people could be in a position where they want to talk about their kids, their family, their vacation they had over the summer, you know, what they do to train. I'm sure John Tavares would love to get up and tell everybody about his routine through the summer and, you know, all the new smoothie recipes that he found. But can you imagine how monotone that speech would be? It it would be like he, he like gets up there with the little cue cards. It's like the guy who didn't memorize his speech in school. I took the kids in the wipes of Wonderland. We rode the Leviathan. Anyway, so <laughs> my my point is like, of course, some people will be OK with this. And of course, some people aren't going to be OK with this. The point is that, like, when you're somebody that's, you know, on. Oh, excuse me on watch and under a microscope like this. You can't do shit like this where like you have to take a, a step back and think, is there any way this could be? misconstrued someone could take this the wrong way i could offend somebody like these are the questions that he does not ask himself and he seems to be incapable of asking himself which is why he has no place in the modern sports world like he just somebody who has never learned social skills and emotional intelligence and it's it's just here we are here we are good old babs yeah the, the thing that I also wanted to touch on is the fact that the players went to biz and not to anybody else, right? Like I've heard, oh, you know, why didn't they go to the team? It's like, well, the team is their employer. They go to the PA, like the PA is the union. That's what a union's there for. But they didn't go to their union. They went to biz. So but you know why they didn't go to their team? They didn't go to their team because of the beach situation in Chicago because of the higher up saying, okay, we'll deal with it and everything getting swept under the rug. Well, in exactly the same reason they didn't go to the PA because the PA doesn't have a good track record of dealing with these things either. Right. So what I'm getting at is like you, you've created an environment where the only person that these players feel comfortable talking to is each other. Like they, we hear that all these things just circulate amongst the players and things just kind of die out after that. Nobody wants to bring it up to the PA because the PA has a history of not getting anything done for them. And so Bissonette's been the one that's been the most connected recently. And he happens to get all the texts and catch wind of what's going on. He puts it out on spit and chiclets. And, you know, it's like 72 hours and and Babcock's gone. So or maybe a little more than that. But um, the the what I find interesting is that as soon as they put it out on spit and chicklets. Marty Walsh and the PA stepped in and said, you know, we're going to investigate this. And I think it's really good of them to take this um, opportunity to show the players that they are going to have their backs and that nothing is too small or too obscure for them to look into just to, you know, make sure that everything is okay or find out that it's not like, I think that was a big win for Marty and, uh, and Ron Hainsey there from the PA interesting position for Ron Hainsey to be in having played for Babcock, but, um, it's like when a, a new manager comes in and like they have to find that first opportunity where something goes wrong to show everybody how they're going to handle conflict. It's like this was the, the perfect chance for him to do that. So, you know, hats off to Marty for handling something very confusing and not an easy thing to approach. Like people, it's not an easy conversation to have with players, like you said, where some people are going to be you know, maybe against the fact that you're investigating this at all and and maybe defending him and trying to downplay the whole thing and other people that are, you know, trying to have a really tough conversation with uh, a new president of their union that they've maybe met once, if at all. So, um, yeah, got to give it to the PA for this one, a union that I don't usually have good things to say about. And I hope this is a sign of a nice little uh, swing in things under Marty Walsh. I was going to say it, it, it looks like it's a good step in the right direction 
with the new leadership there and that they're actually going to take things seriously and they're actually going to go to bat for their players, which is what they should be doing. Well, exactly. And they've just gotten themselves a reputation of either not handling things properly or not handling things at all. So I don't blame the players for not trusting it. So they've, uh, I forgot his name, but they've promoted their old assistant coach who's um, quite popular within the organization there to uh, head coach now. But they also owe Babs for the next two years from what I understand, which I um, didn't think was the case. See, this is something that I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong about, but from what I understand is if you resign, you're walking away from said contract. Like you are breaching your end of it and you're forfeiting your salary. No, like even I if it is. That's, a, sorry, that's what I assumed was that he would like because of this, he isn't entitled to that money. Um, trying to figure this out. Like it's kind of odd because it's not a player's contract so there's not really as much said about it right it doesn't count against the caps and not many people really care um it says while babcock isn't getting every penny it's believed a deal was struck here so what i think because it says he resigned and he wasn't fired because if he was fired they'd owe him everything so i yeah. think when he came in they had this handshake deal of like look buddy you haven't earned a guaranteed contract because you know we want to be able to walk away from this if things go wrong and not be on the hook like the Leafs were for $25 million. So if anything goes south, we'll pay you X amount and you're going to resign. And I'm sure that's totally not legal, but <laughs> there was a handshake deal of like, you know, we're going to pay you half of it to walk away. Yeah. Um, and Pascal Vincent is who stepped Pascal in to be That's the, the coach of the Blue Jackets. Pascal Vincent sounds like um, a painter. <laughs> I don't know. Every now and then you hear a name in hockey and you go, that's not a hockey name. Milan Lucic, it's not a hockey name. You're a soccer player. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? That That actually works. I could see that being a soccer player's name. Like, 100%. The, when I was a child, the first time I remember hearing his name, I was like, oh, he's a soccer player, right? Oh, he's a hockey player? Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, When cool, you were cool, a cool. child, Jesus, you make me feel old sometimes. Okay, well, how old is he? You know, I don't Luke know. Cage. I remember him playing against the Leafs in 2013 when they broke our hearts. He's 35, so he was drafted in 2006, so I was in grade 6. I was 12. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Actually, I had a question. Um, anything else on Babcock? I mean, like, I'm glad really. that the depth of talent that they have in their prospect pool, who have been kicking ass at this tournament, um, don't have to come up under Mike Babcock. I'm, I'm happy. Like, I was worried for that team, like, with all the... You know, they're trying to give Johnny Gaudreau a new home, get this new thing together. They got Fantilli and all these other young stars, Kent Johnson. And it's like, you're really going to put Babcock in charge of this? Like, are you guys nuts? And their president put out a statement that was like, for the sake of not shaking things up for the team, we're not going to make any more front of house changes. It sounded like uh, read between the lines of like, you guys are so lucky to keep your jobs right now, because if it wasn't going to create a shitstorm around me, I would fire all of you for this because Babcock <laughs> is on you, Yarmo. Like I trusted you motherfuckers. You sat me down and convinced me this was a good idea. I signed the check and here we are a fucking a tota. So, so it like, I got to find the statement because it literally says like to protect it's, it says something like, too many changes would be bad. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Bad bad for the team and for the outlook of the players then steal the attention away from the players for this season. Yeah, somewhere that's along it. somewhere um, along that line. Our ownership group is deeply frustrated and disappointed by the events of the past week. 
We've been in contact with John Davidson, Jarmo Kekalainen, and our management team throughout this process, and we're in full agreement with Mike Babcock stepping down and Pascal Vincent leading our team as head coach. We had candid conversations with our leadership after last season about our goals and expectations for growth and progress on the ice in 2023-2024. So right there, it's like, we had a talk about this. We discussed this. Like, he's pissed. Those expectations are still in place and can still be achieved. So we do not anticipate further changes to our hockey leadership team at this time. Additional disruptions would be detrimental to our players and coaches as they prepare for the opening of training camp. So he's like basically saying, I'm not going to distract our team by firing you, Yarmo. But as soon as this season is done, you're gone because you fucked up. That's what I read. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see how you would get that from it. It. It seems like he's literally saying like uh, it would look bad on me right now to do this, but I really, really, really want to. <laughs> like you don't come out and say like any more changes would be detrimental. So we're not going to like he had to get out and say ahead of everybody's rumors like I'm not going to fire anybody else as much as I want. Oh, man. I hope they have a better season for fantasy's sake because there's a lot of good point getters on that team and I can't have them have a bad year. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't draft them. But I'm going to because I can't help myself. I always take a stab on underdog things. Um, Okay, I had a a question from Discord. I wanted to... uh, Have we seen the new Ninja Turtles movie? No, uh, well, I have not yet. Um, my dad is a massive Ninja Turtles fan to the point that he has them in tattooed on his arm in a sleeve. Um, so when we found out this movie was coming out, we said we wanted to see it. He wanted to see it with me and with Patrick. Um, so chances are at this point, we're not going to be able to find it in a theater because I've been so crazy this summer. Um, so we'll wait until it's out and we'll go to a little movie night at my dad's. Nice. I have to admit, I was never a turtle kid. Never got into the turtles. wasn't uh, wasn't my vibe. I don't know. I think I it comes in in waves, right? Like I think there were certain pockets where it was like big, and then they reboot it every couple years. Like I feel like every one of these franchises that have been around forever, it's like only one is ever the popular one at a time, and they just like keep taking turns. And I missed. I was at the age where we missed turtles, you know. 1994 <laughs> missed turtles. <laughs> uh, I was but, always more of like a beast wars and like, yeah, beast wars were my big one, man. I grew up on like rescue heroes and I don't know. And then it just went family channel. Family channel was big when I was a kid, like recess and weekenders and Kim possible. All that stuff was, it was the shit. SpongeBob was big too. Like action God. ones. I'm trying to think of like what action shows there were when I was a kid. There's a lot. There's like Power Rangers. Power Rangers has always been so weird. I don't. I didn't get it as a kid, and then I felt like as I got older, I would get it, and then I got older, I was like, I don't fucking get this. This is so weird. <laughs> I did, however, start watching a new anime on Netflix, and I have not watched an anime in a very long time. Made me feel like a child again um not that they're for kids i just i don't know i watched them when i was younger um it's called vinland saga it's on netflix it's like a viking show Hmm. it's about like i think it takes place in like a thousand ad in iceland but it's anime so it's like super violent anime but vikings oh it's great it's great you check it out and the theme song is dope um Okay, last thing, second last thing. I just want to go, actually, no, we don't have time to go through the schedule. Let's do the PWHL draft, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Yeah, so quickly just touch on it. The PWHL had their inaugural draft today so that all the teams can fill out the rest of the roster, and Minnesota had the first overall pick, picking Taylor Heisey. The, why is my screen freezing? Why don't we have names for these teams yet? Right? The University of Minnesota alum um, 
She's 23 years old forward. She's going to be a standout for the Minnesota team for years to come, hopefully. Um, she had 65 points in 38 games last year for the University of Minnesota. Whoa. Right? And the year before that, she had 66 and 39. So, like... I don't even care what bell curve you're grading that on. That's still, like... It doesn't matter how... how Like, two points a game is two points a game. Right? Um, unfortunately, she plays for USA in international competition, not Canada. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, Minnesota got a good one there. Toronto's first-round pick, Jocelyn Larocque. Um Holy shit, Olympian. there were 15 rounds? Well, you had to fill out all the teams, right? Oh, there's only six teams, right? <laughs> I was going to say, the round 15, pick 89. I was like, wait, what? There's something wrong here. Um, and your team, Ottawa, used their first round pick on uh, Savannah Harmon, defenseman. Oh, yeah. So we've got the teams filled out. Um, and yeah, now we're just waiting on on logos, on team names, on colors. I've heard a couple couple different things that potentially they might try to somewhat work off of their nhl teams from those cities so we'll have to see how that goes yeah like not that not that i don't want ottawa to be the same color scheme but it's like between the red blacks the fury the senators champion every single team in ottawa and every single like ottawa themed thing is red and black and like i get it but like can we do something different for this team please yeah before before you had tfc toronto basically had like the raptors that weren't blue and that was it but now you have the raptors you have tfc toronto six was like the same kind of red color scheme that the raptors and tfc were so there's been a little bit of a mix in toronto now and Honestly, I'm just I'm just excited to, like we touched on before, to be able to be there on the ground floor of a team cheering for a sports team. Yeah, and one that I can actually take a normal bus to get to. <laughs> I'm so excited! Like, I know I keep saying that, but like, you have no idea how excited I am to be able to go to like a professional hockey game in a normal way, like. It is such a pain in the ass here. I'm sorry. I'm just also <laughs> looking through all the players they drafted. I don't know why I'm looking through this. I don't know who any of these people are. I will get to know who these people are, but uh, it's cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I just want to know what like, the fucking team name is. This is crazy. Yeah. And logos. I hope, like, I really hope all of them hit it out of the park because there's something so satisfying about seeing a team that did their did their research, hired the right people to, to have great logos, great color schemes, great designs. Like even if you don't like the team, you can respect a very well done kit Jersey wise. Right. Well, I think they have the advantage of being brand new, right? Like you don't have to get tied down by old designs. You've got like a blank slate. Yes. That is a little daunting cause you don't have anything to, to go off of, but I think, not having to stay true to something and be conservative and, you know, like how the Red Wings and the Bruins and Flyers, like nobody's really changed things there in a long time or at all. Uh, you, you can do whatever you want. So um, do you think it's going to be voting on the names or do you think they've already picked them? I would imagine they've probably, if they haven't already picked them, that it would still all be done inside because they seem to be taking a very thorough approach to everything. Like they're not even going to be playing until when does the season start? January. Yeah. Like this first season is going to be a shortened season to make sure they do everything right. So I think they're going to take their time and make sure every city has a team that fans are instantly going to want to get behind. I'm just trying to think of like what the Ottawa team name could be. Oh my God. Somebody in Reddit said uh, the Ottawa parliament. No. Ottawa Rough Riders, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Not again. Oh, man, people come up with bad shit. I can't even, like... Oh, my God. Montreal, Quebecois, Toronto, Maple Trees, Ottawa Beavers. No, you are not hired to the marketing team of the PWHL. <laughs> Thanks for trying. Holy. 
what's something that is the 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 even like oh no i was gonna say i could do the capitals oh wait that's washington but we could do the same thing with the ottawa capitals yeah it's a different league right so like technically you could yeah i just i really hope toronto doesn't go like anything close to the maple leafs just because it would feel too not that I don't want them associated with them. Like, I don't know. I just don't want it to, would don't feel want them to, too pushed. I want them to have their own forced. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like they should have their own thing and not be under the shadow of the Leafs and not feel like, you know, the Leafs women's team. Yeah. But at the same time, that might be good for it's hard to say if that'd be a good or a bad thing. Because, like, if they're not associated with it at all, it, it pulls it farther away from the fans. But if they are, then it's like taking away from the product by associating it with what everybody else is doing. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. I'm just spitballing shit. It's it, it's an I know exciting I keep time, we're right? About the schedule, but we'll do that another time. It is an exciting time. But was there something else? I had something else. Oh, I mentioned them earlier, but um, these rumors of Patrick Kane coming to the Leafs, like, can we just say this is insane and we don't want it? It, it there's no way it's happening. Like he's not going to come to Canada. If he came anywhere yeah, close also to how, Canada, it would money? be Buffalo. Yeah, and like before we sign Neilander, you're going to bring Patrick Kane in. Like I don't understand the rumors. Like I don't know where these things start. Like I I wish somebody would trace this back to like some person with 40 followers tweet. It's like this is what we all started from. By the way. No one ever said this. <laughs> it's a game of broken telephone. Oh, I'm excited for Letter Kenny season three. That comes out in like a week and a half, I think. Two, season two, not three. Not Letter Kenny. Oh my god, Shorzy. Shorzy, season two. That's what I meant to say. Second season. There you Shorzy. go. I knew you were gonna get there eventually. There you go. Yeah. You know what I meant. Have you seen the first one? Uh I actually have not. Oh, so good i love that it toes the line between like real people and a fictional story like some of the guys are in it and play themselves and some play like fictional characters but some of the there's like ex nhlers in it that play themselves they show clips of them playing like um what's his name d abby from who played for montreal years ago oh okay um because there's a clip i think when he was playing in junior um he got a racial slur thrown at him so he pulled the guy out of the stands and was punching him from the ice and they like mentioned that that happened in the show and they show the clip of that actually happening so it's like wait is this the real guy then is he just playing himself <laughs> it's cool well, that's kind of neat anyway, that they can do that for some that's players. all i got for tonight yeah that's about yeah, all yeah and then they have too. other ones that they were like you could you you could play yourself, but we'll have you play a, a different guy instead. It's still fun. Okay, well, um, I want to talk about the schedule before we get into the actual season. Uh, preseason starts on Sunday with the Leafs taking on the Sens here in town. Um, again, I don't know if I'm going to go yet. If you have tickets and you're going to go, let me know, and I might grab some. But otherwise, I probably just watch it on TV. It's two in the afternoon game, so... Easy to sit at home and watch. I Do they televise you, them? Uh, they should. It'll be televised somewhere. So, yeah, it must be. The Leafs are playing. If it was just the Sens, they wouldn't be televised, but the Leafs are playing. <laughs> I always wonder, do they... Because I don't always watch all the preseason games. Do they play them all on TV? I think like it's, it's been a hell of a long time since the Leafs haven't televised a preseason game. If like Pittsburgh and Columbus are playing, if Probably Chicago not. and Minnesota are playing, is that televised? Like with Bedard, yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. Arizona and Columbus, yeah, that's probably not being televised. Fantilli, no. Bad mm. example, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, if it's two small market teams, is it does it just not get played? Like, is are we still are we in a world where not every game that our sport plays is televised? It might be televised locally, but like 
with how the NHL blacks everything out, it might be difficult for some to get it. And what local broadcasters, depending on where you live. <sighs> okay. We could get into a whole litany of other things, but it's getting way <laughs> too late. And I have an appointment in the morning, so good. I thought... I'm not going to talk through this yawn. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. Come on. Play the thing. For those that haven't listened to episode one of season two of Sports is Fun podcast. Oh, yeah. Do that. I, I guessed it on Marty's show there. Hell yeah. As we talked about the goings on of the sports world. What is going on in the sports world? All kinds of shit. Uh, Lionel Messi eats horrible pizza. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I'm trying to get the outro to play. I'm sorry. It's not working. <laughs> no, I We're know. We're done. <laughs> Good night. Night.